welcome to our podcast and today we will be discussing about the reading of literature such are the changes in critical attitudes that a poem is no longer read as an inscription on a rock devoid of its origin context or locale the poet seen as an inhabitant of a lonely tower or lost in the music of his thought or an inmate of a castle freed from the responsibilities of life whose servants could do the living for him appears today as an unrealistic and posed picture of the poet the poet is a human being among other human beings and speaking to and being spoken to reciprocally the language he she uses is a social artifact and also a tool in politics let's recall shakespeare or yeats or blake or kabir or tulsi they were all men spelling to other men and women like themselves we could not agree less with derida that the institutional or socio political space of literary production does not simply surround works it affects them in their very structure as students of literature we wish to feel that elements of the text on our pulse hence we get interested in the irishness of yeats the juhalanus of kabir the atheism of shelley and the conservativeness of eliot and tulsi writing and reading as historical acts these issues involve us in the historicity of literary products talking about the makeup of the poet in his tradition and the individual talent eliot wrote that the historical sense compels a man to write not merely with his own generation in his bones but with the feeling that the whole of the literature of europe from homer and within if the whole of the literature of his own country has a simultaneous existence and composes a simultaneous order without this sense eliot opines no poet can remain a poet beyond his 25th year however it is not just the tradition of literature that a good poet embodies but also that of politics science economy and natural events to turn from poetic creations to criticism in our time derida points out that deconstruction calls for a highly historian's attitude and admits that of grammatology is a history book through and through in his or her experience of writing as such continues derida a writer cannot not be concerned interested anxious about the past that of literature history or philosophy of culture in general derida cites two dissimilar causes cases of james joyce and william faulkner what i have just said is suggested is as valid for joyce that immense allegory of historical memory as for faulkner who doesn't write in such a way that he gathers together at every sentence and in several languages at once the whole of western culture dryden in his poetry comments upon contemporary events more frequently than wordsworth but for that reason wordsworth's poetry is not less historically situated than dryden's or for that matter shelley's 
the subjectivity of a work of art the poet we have said is a person living among other persons and yet his a poem is not for the moment we may say an objective document such as a theorem of euclid or the general theory of relativity of einstein the poet writes about an intensely personal experience not only when wordsworth is writing his autobiographical poem such as the prelude or a tennyson expressing his grief over the death of his friend arthur e elam in memoriam but also when an eliot writes the wasteland or an aurobindo ghosh savitri so powerful is the narcissism that it does not forsake even a philosopher such as dex jakes derida he took direct atridge at the narcissistic moment of adolescent identification this was above all the desire to inscribe merely a memory or two i say only though i already felt it an impossible and endless task deep down there was something like a lyrical movement towards confidences or confessions derida goes on still today there remains in me an obsessive desire to save an uninterrupted inscription in the form of a memory what happens or fails to happen i should be tempted to denounce as a lure that is totalization or gathering up isn't this what keeps me going the idea of an internal polylogue everything that later in what i hope was a slightly more refined way was able to lead me to rossu or to joyce was first of all the adolescent dream of keeping a trace of all the voices which were transversing me or were almost doing so and which was to be so precious unique both specular and speculative derida above italicizes fails to happen and almost doing so which shows that literature is not just a simple record of the events of the artist's life but also of his unfulfilled wishes his dreams his desires that roland barthes in the pleasure of the text went even further and called neurosis thus every writer's motto reads wrote wrote barthes mad i cannot be sane i do not design to be dying to be neurotic i am the belief in the subjectivity or autobiographical character of all art has been felt with even greater intensity since the romantics in art time i want writes george pollett at all costs to save the subjectivity of literature eliot's dictum honest criticism and sensitive appreciation is directed not upon the poetry has been much abused in english department in support of a certain kind of idleness that obviates any research into the life and times of the poetry poetry we have heard bain echoed so often is not a turning loose of emotion but an escape from emotion it is not the expression of personality but an escape from personality what is forgotten however is that while contradicting 
Wordsworth, Eliot went on to qualify his definition in the following words. But of course, only those who have personality and emotions know what it means to escape from these things. In Eliot's theory of poetry, as much as his poetry, we observe the impact of his piety, which demands the extinction of personality, for knowledge wrote E. H. Gombrich. A well-stocked mind is clearly the key to the practice of interpretation. In order to interpret a poem, we cannot overemphasize the importance of knowledge of the life of the poet and the background of his age. Man, wrote Emerson, is explicable by nothing less than all of his history. The specular moment of literature. He should, however, pointed out Emerson, see that he can live all history in his own person. He advises the students to read history actively and not passively. Emerson exhorts him. He must sit solidly at home and not suffer himself to be bullied by kings or empires, but know that he is greater than all the geography and all the governments of the world. He must transfer the point of view from which history is commonly read from Rome and Athens and London to himself, and not deny his conviction that he is the court and if England or Egypt have anything to say him, he will try the case. If not, let them forever be silent. What is relevant for us in history is the past or instance in the present. In the poet's life, in the reader's life, that the past can throw its floodlight upon. Otherwise, we say, as it has been said, let the dead past bury its dead or repeat with Gandhiji in Hind Swaraj that happy is a nation without the history. The necessary history is inscribed in ourselves just as the wings of the young pigeon that hatched yesterday predicted air and the eyes of the human embryo anticipated light. The poet writes about the present, about the living, not what is dead and discarded. The poet's text is the text of bliss, as Barth says, the text that discomforts unsettles the reader's historical, cultural, psychological assumptions. The consistency of his tastes, values, memories brings to a crisis his relation with language. Now you may ask, what are you to do as a student and critic of literature? How should you Treat history or biography in your own analysis of a poem, history and biography have to be reconciled to the interpretation of a new and spectacular moment described in the work of art. Derrida opines that history is, country temps, a series of unlucky, unfortunate or unexpected events and its virtue lies in his in its iterability, in his signature event context, he pointed out that the verb iterate comes from the Sanskrit root itar, which means different, bin. While history is iterable or repeatable, it is not the same event that is re- repeated. By repetition, Derrida points out, not that the text is thereby dehistoricized, but 
historicity is made of iterability there is no history without iterability and this is also what lets the traces continue to function in the absence of general context or some elements of the context it is for these reasons that we have to read a poem simultaneously for what is unique and spectacular in it and the iteration in both senses of repetition and differences of the historical and general western criticism in the latter half of the 20th century can be said to have moved from a poetics of writing to a poetics of reading the sanskrit critical theory developed theories of karayitri pratibha and a bhavyayitri pratibha the creative and appreciative talents classic criticism complained roland barthes in images music text has never paid any attention to the reader for it the writer is the only person in literature for bats points out that a text is not a line of words releasing a single theological meaning the message of the author god but a multidimensional space in which a variety of writings none of them original blend and cash Bach pointed out at the instability of the text according to him a text is not isotropic isos in greek means same and tropos manner or disposition the edges and the seams are unpredictable he tells us in the man could we lay him open opined emerson we should see the reason for his last flourish and tendril of his work as every spine and tint in the seashell pre-exist in the secreting organs of the fish however reassuring emerson may sound it appears today as an elusive goal nonetheless a desirable one so after derrida we talk about archaeological criticism that goes at the writer's text to the sources of experience both unique and not unique at the same time In this sense the text is open we have just a trace of the author's meaning in his text which can be supplemented by the author's other works both written and unwritten and all other text of all other authors the tv programs newspaper reports to which the author responds the reader however delimits the open ended text of the author he she imposes upon it the status of work he interprets analyzes criticizes examines and evaluates and arrives at a definite meaning which we call ex eschatological criticism after derrida eschatology from the greek doctrine of lost things last things is usually applied to death and the last judgment thus the reader's work has a stable meaning this criticism can be called in bach's word a mere parasite of the story being narrated thank you for listening to our podcast keep tuning in for more